Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, and I am so honored that you have joined me again for another episode. And y'all, I cannot wait for you guys to listen and dig in and hear this amazing interview and opportunity that I have to speak with Jennifer Pate. I'm going to let Jennifer tell you about herself, but what I can tell you is that immediately when her information came across my desk, I was like, yes, I have to talk to her because she has been in the industry of digital content development, movies, casting, acting for the past 25 years, and has not only been successful in one, two three businesses, but has continued to thrive and grow and innovate with technology. So you guys are going to love what she has to say. Listen, because she's going to have great advice to share with us and talk a little bit about her new endeavor that is um, happening in partnership with a pretty large company, but I'm going to let her tell that story. And so Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm going to just like record that introduction when I'm feeling down. I'm just going to play it all day long. Well, I am. Well, good. I'm so impressed. I immediately read everything about you in the first, the, after the first email came through. And I'm like, this is so amazing because you truly are a mentor and a example for those of us that want to continue and thrive in our careers and really see how your career does this curvy drive, right? And the things that happened in the past help influence the future. That is for sure. And I think that that career, you know, ups and downs and hills and valleys, especially as a mom. I mean, I think, you know, anyone has ups and downs in their career. That, that is, I don't care who you are and how successful you are. But as a mom, navigating what that looks like is very difficult. And so anyone who's out there listening who is a mom, first thing is do not beat yourself up, okay? Somebody gave me the best advice in an interview years ago, and they said, um, you can have it all, but not at the same time. So what that looks like is if, you know, that having the perfect family and your kids healthy and happy and dinner on the table and, and a, a wonderful marriage and um, a thriving career, it's very, very difficult to have that all. It's okay. Um, but the key is to keep on going, you know, just like to think of advice you give your children, right? You know, you, it's not how you fall down, it's how you get up. I think that we have to remind ourselves these same things. Um, and with my new endeavor, which is under the umbrella of Feel Ageless, that's the bigger company that I'm working on, which is really about as we age, and it looks so much different than ever before, Who's talking to us about preventative care from health, fitness, brain health, financial health? So, so that is all very, very important to me. Um, but this recent partnership with Henkel, 
who has um, really been an incredible partner. They're innovative. They see what's important right now. They've partnered with me along with Blockboard, which is a distribution company who I've worked with, Matt Wasserlaw, for over a decade, with this concept of At Home with Jennifer, which is what we're all going through right now. So the content we have out at this moment on AskTeamClean.com is about being home, you know, if you're home all the time trying to get people help do chores, I don't know about you, but I'm sure your little ones, I'm sure all day long, they're just making beds and cleaning the kitchen, right? Oh, yeah. You know, um, all day. I was just thinking about that before um, we actually started recording. I made up the bed because I thought, holy moly, um, my, my kids were in here snuggling this morning doing their iPads before they got onto school. And anyway, they're online right now. But yes, uh, all day they're helping me. Yes, of course they are, Sharon. And then, um, and then you know, we're not anxious at all. No stress in our lives. Just carefree. Wake up, carefree. Not worried about health, about the environment, about the world. So we've we've doing we're doing content around all of these things. And so I'm really really excited about the current content that I'm doing. Once again, it's under AskTeamClean.com or at Feel Ageless. Um, but sort of the trajectory of how I got here. Um, I have been doing online content for a very long time, for over a decade, long before people knew what online content was. Right. And um, for me, it's always been about helping people feel like they're not alone. That's mm-hmm. really like, that's what really drives me. Um, my first show was Jen and Barb Mom Life. And I met another mom in a mommy and me class. I had two little ones. She had two little ones. And we started talking about what we were going through. And at the time, things have changed because now I say everyone and their mother has a show. (laughs) But at the time, there really wasn't enough content. And so the goal was to inform um, and make people laugh and community, you know, help people feel like they're not alone. So that has really been my driving force um, with everything I've done. You know, and... You're exactly correct. Ten years ago, it was a very different landscape than where we are right now. It was not as prevalent. We didn't have, we were just beginning to get our smartphones. And I, I still can remember 08, 09 having the slider. So you didn't always have the slider phone. I mean, where you didn't have content right at your fingertips at that time. And I really can appreciate your comment about creating the community around moms on that same line of thought, we did have Facebook, we did have some social media, and there was a lot of trends out there about how great and wonderful it was to be a mom, right? And I can recall after having both of my children, I had severe postpartum depression and struggled to, I loved my children and I loved being with them. I still do, but I, it was, I didn't always want to post beautiful things all over Facebook. And so that's, I providing a a place where moms can listen and can nod their heads in agreement over things that are going on in your life really helps people helped would help moms like me for sure. And, and just the fact that you can say that, by the way, um, uh, that is so important. A lot of people carry their pain with shame and Mm-hmm. People need to release that because even you just saying that you had postpartum depression, people listen to you and you're upbeat and you're interviewing people. And, and to, to take that, get that little glimpse that there's a human being that, oh, I felt that. 
It's okay. I think that is so important. And right now with the pandemic, one of the reasons I wanted to do content was at first when I was looking on social media, when the pandemic started and it was, Oh, it's time. You're going to learn a new language. Uh, We're going to clean out our closets. We're going to get the best shape. And I was like, um, I'm trying to make it through the day. I don't like, I can't relate to that. That's not real to me. And if, and if there are people out there that have, learned a new language, are in the best shape of their life, their closets are clean, they have the best relationships with their family ever, I bow down to them, okay? But I don't think that that is the majority of people. I think the majority of people have postpartum depression or uh, uh, post-pandemic depression. Oh, for sure. And so I think that by talking about things and being real, and what I've always done with my content, I I, I say it's... um, it's like a talk show reality show hybrid in that on a talk show, everybody looks together. I mean, I put on makeup for you today. I don't usually wear makeup these days, but on a talk show, usually people are very together. They're lit well, and they're not really sharing. It's an expert telling you what to do for your life. I like to sort of rip down that wall and show what it's really like. So what I've always done in my content is, well, I may have an interview portion where um, people are very together. The truth is I show reality footage. I show what it's really like behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about right now about people at home with Zoom and doing all this stuff. You can't hide anymore. You know, it's very real. So I, on one hand, it's distant. I mean, I'd way rather be in a room with you, right? Like hanging out with you personally, but at the same time, I'm looking at a bed. You're looking at some furniture. God knows if a kid or a dog's going to run in here. So I think it's that likely that, to happen. We'll, we're just going to have to say hello, right? We may have a contest. <laughs> Who first? No, no. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I heard a little bit of screaming a minute ago. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I hear you. So, yeah. Well, I agree with you on that piece. And I thought for, I mean, when we first went into the pandemic, I was doing pretty good. And then I hit a pretty deep low uh, when we got into like April and May. You know, I had talked to some of my friends about this. We kept thinking, you know, the summer was going to cure all the, all the virus and, you know, heat was going to kill it all and it was going to be okay. And, you know, it, it didn't. And so then you have to reset your mindset. And I definitely am not in the best shape of my life. Pretty sure I have the COVID-19 pounded because the snacks are amazing um but you know one thing I have tried to do is I've really gone back to the core I I like what you said too about you know on zoom you see it all right I mean my life is definitely not perfect I have not washed my hair in a couple of days I did not put on makeup today and I did put on my new pair of glasses which was they're very cute I love them very chic but you know, that's been kind of freeing at the same time too, you know, I mean, being a little bit, being at home a bit and just being a little less all put together is kind of nice too. I've been loving like Kelly Clarkson, you know, she's been, I love her first of all, but she, you know, that's somebody who she normally has the glam squad and she has been very real. And I just, I really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it is a hard time. Um, and community matters, you know, it takes a village. 
you know, it, it takes a village. So who is your village? You know, um, we don't all live in the towns where we grew up. We don't all have, you know, mom and dad and aunt and uncle and cousin and sister living by us. So it really takes a village. So I think, you know, I hope people will find actual humans in their community, whether it's at their church, their school, their neighborhood. But also one of the beautiful things about this time is that you can find communities where you connect and you can share and find connection that way too. Mm-hmm. I do agree with that. There, We have had a in our neighborhood alone, well, I mean, I live in Charlotte, which Jennifer and I found out that we're neighbors. I'll put quotation marks around it, but we're in the same state. She's in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is about four hours from where I live in Charlotte. And one piece that has been really lovely is in the beginning when we went into the pandemic, and, and I'm beginning to see it more now. I mean, it did some in the summer when it got really hot, not so much, but we live on a street that leads to a greenway. And we've had a lot of our neighbors come out and walk and, you know, the front yard really became more of a meeting spot like it was, you know, many moons ago. And we would sit in particular, my son who was six and our next door neighbor who was six, they set up a a stand at the very beginning of the pandemic and were giving out um, piece of colorings that they had done that were to brighten your day. Oh, that's and, so and it was wonderful, right? And and we were able to meet more neighbors that way, which I think is really important because I don't know that we all dig in and meet everybody in our community or even in our neighborhood. And that was a nice piece. We didn't have anywhere to go, so everyone went outside. I absolutely agree. Same thing here. I mean, our neighborhood. I also I moved here from a big city. I was in Los Angeles for about twenty five years. Grew up in Chicago. Moved to Wilmington three years ago. Um, I can't say enough. Uh, great things about it and we do have that kind of neighborhood as well we already knew most of our neighbors but you're absolutely correct during the pandemic every the kids say we're just walking and riding bikes and scootering and outside and so there's been that real connection and I think that that's also important to look at the positive things that have happened because it is such a hard time you know and I think that that's something that I care deeply about is because it you know things are real. It's stressful. Um, A lot of people have lost their job. A lot of people um, have businesses that aren't open. Um, I mean, so financially, there's been a huge hit to so many people. Um, A lot of people have older relatives that are worried, they're worried about their health. Some of them have died, kids, relationships, all of this stuff. But I do think it is important that things like have you met people in your neighborhood or whatever that connection is? Um, you know, there's, there's a uh, Joseph Campbell, who is uh, one of my favorite sort of, I guess, philosopher writers. And he says that um, it's that sort of the human condition is one of the joys through the sorrows of life. And that sounds really heavy, but what that means to me is that no human being is unscathed, right? There are ups and downs and ups and downs. And so That's why focusing on those joys and seeing them and having gratitude for them is really important and now more than ever. Completely agree. I completely agree. And I um, love that you said um, to see the good things that have happened because as much as we can wallow in the sorrow and the sadness, finding the silver lining in a few of those bright spots is what's going to get us through because we're going to look back on it 
and we'll think of the good times. Often, you know, my mom always said this too, that, you know, when you get, as you, time heals and you begin to remember the good and not so much of the bad. And so I think she's very right on that. And I keep that in mind, even when I'm thinking about uh, this will come to an end and we will look back on it thinking we did have this little moment of time to be, to do something a little different or be closer with our family or just not wear makeup for four days. I mean, that's. Or four uh, months, but who's counting? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Four days. Oh, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, having lost both of my parents, um, time does heal, you know, and so, and you do remember uh, the good. So let's just hope everybody out there's hope out there. Ah, yes, totally. Yes. Well, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about the course of your career because you have done a lot of different things in your career. As you mentioned, you were in LA for 25 years and have had a lot of different roles in the world of entertainment. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that began and where your journey, I mean, I know the, the, the show about mom life really turned your career in a different direction with the digital piece. But prior to that, how did you find your way in the world of entertainment? Well, it started, um, honestly, I was a dancer growing up. And that was my saving, honestly, like, I mean, I won't go too deep too fast. But my parents were having a bad divorce. And dancing was my savior. So that dance studio was my absolute savior. And then fortunately, I had the ability to become a professional dancer at a very young age. And so I did that for over a decade. And um, I've always, always, always gone with things that I'm passionate about, which is risky, for sure. Um, And it doesn't always pan out. For me, that's just, that's a non-starter for me with work. It has to be something I care deeply. So had a professional dance career. And then I just saw so many people, believe it or not, over the age of 30, who had chronic injuries and I didn't want to be a choreographer, and so I wanted to stay in entertainment, and I basically researched careers, and I came on casting because I thought, I love performers, I have an eye for talent, and so I moved to Los Angeles knowing no one, got a job with two women, Jane Jenkins and Janet Hershenson. I really wanted to work for women. They were two of the top casting directors um, really ever, like Steven Spielberg, Rob Reiner, Ron Howard. Um, With them, I trained for three years and then broke off and started my own company with two women. So I really thought casting was going to be what I did when I was a mom as well. I oh, and and by the way, I always thought that I would work as a mom. It's so interesting. Before Mm -hmm. you have kids, all the knowledge you have, right? (laughs) So, yes, I know. So, um, Anyway, we worked with Joss Whedon, who, you know, we did all the Buffy and um, Angel and all those shows. And then I was doing a show with Judd Apatow, who is one of the most famous, amazing director, writers in the world. Yes. I was hugely pregnant with my son. And um, anyway, I, I was off to the races. I took three months off maternity leave. I went back. Day one, I'm like, see you later, baby. Day two, I'm not, I looked at him and I, for me, I was just like, uh-oh. I don't, I don't know. And so, but for two months I sort of worked and then I got pregnant again. I was pregnant when my baby was five months old and, and I knew that I needed to be home. So I know I was fortunate that my husband was able to provide for our family. Not everybody can do that. I'm very aware of that. So, um, 
you know, I was very, very lucky. So I, and I thought I'd go back to casting, quite honestly. I thought that I had found my calling and I did love it. And it was in a little mommy and me class that I met this friend and I just felt like women needed information. And so, so here's where it gets tricky, right? For a lot of people is how do you take an idea to a business? Oh, yes. So, so now, you know, I mean, dancing, I had the talent and I kept auditioning. I got jobs casting. I mean, I, now one thing I can tell everybody, no matter what bit, whether you're trying to get a job, I was just trying to get my foot in the door or whether you're trying to start a business is if somebody, if somebody says you can't come in the front door, go around the back door. If they say you can't come in the back door, go around the side door. They they start climbing in the windows. So with casting, when I wanted to work for these two women and I had zero experience, I was a dancer, you know, and I wrote them a letter saying that it would be like getting an MBA. I mean, I kept pounding on their door until they said to me, well, we have a front desk position. And I said, I'll take it. And within three weeks, somebody got promoted and I ended up on a movie with Rob Reiner with Jane, my boss, as, as her assistant. So, so and it, there, there is no job too small. That's one. I think that the younger generation does not know that. Our, well, I think you're, you're a lot younger than me, but my generation definitely had the, I always had a job, but so, so. Me too. So one thing is, there's no job too small. Get your foot in the door. Who cares if you're mopping the floor or answering the phone or welcoming people? That is how you get in. This some idea of, oh, I want to be the owner of a company. If you want to do that, learn all the jobs that everybody else is doing. So, so I think that that is one thing that's really important to, to let people know as far as a career trajectory is be really focused. Let somebody know why you want to work there. Write a letter. Go that extra mile. So I'm going to skip to now. Now I have an idea for a show. I've never had a show. I've never produced anything. Um, I was fortunate uh, to know somebody who worked in sales with a company called Broadband Enterprises um, that, that did, and that Matt Wasserloff is the CEO of that company who now is the CEO of Blockboard. And he's amazing at distribution. He came from a television distribution background. And I sent this little idea of the mom show to them. And, and they first said no, by the way. They first said no. And then we said oh, we better make maybe a little trailer. So we started to shoot something at a very little budget. In the 11th hour, they said, oh, we want to make this little, it's called a sizzle reel for anyone doesn't know. It's like a little trailer, like a little short little thing that says, you know, a sort of a commercial for what you're doing. Um, and we, they brought us to New York, Barb and I, and we were like in this Nokia theater. It's a room full of advertisers mostly men at the time and they're bringing people on stage presenting their shows billy bush was interviewing us prior to um the fact that he got thrown into siberia of entertainment that's a whole other story um so but and we showed our trailer and he interviewed us and we thought we don't know what's going to happen and we go to this little cocktail party after and people are coming up to us let me show you a picture of my kids oh my god my wife feel and we're like up we hit a nerve. And from that day we did, um, it was, I think it was Kraft and Johnson and Johnson were our two big sponsors and they came on for, I mean, like really big deals and we were off to the races. Um, but the point about that too, for anyone who's listening is so, okay, we have an, you have an idea. Now what do you do? 
Okay, I have an idea for a business. Now what do I do? You start looking at places. Where could this live? What, you know, and you reach out. And luckily, I knew somebody who worked at that company, but I had never done this before. Um, so that's sort of the beginning of how Mom Life came about. And we were very fortunate. We worked for over five seasons. We did over 120 episodes. Wow. Um, worked with 48 brands. Uh, had over seven million views. Um, we became correspondent for Rachel Ray, uh, Katie Couric, uh, and I wrote, co-wrote a book called The Mothers of Reinvention, which is so on topic for what we're talking about. It's a, it's a guide for women to find something that they're passionate about outside of all their traditional roles, whether it comes in a hobby, um, a philanthropy, or a job. Very mm -hmm. important. And then, but then what happened is um, we got offered an HGTV show, which we had for a season. And we were very fortunate to get that. Um, but I'm going to be totally honest. It was not my passion. Mm -hmm. And I had a moment again of what am I going to do now? Mom life has sort of run its course and I could, you know, go to the weeds. The company was sold to another company and, and they weren't really doing original content. So uh, it was about four years ago and I was turning 50 and my dad died that summer and I had just lost my mom a few years prior. And I was a little bit lost internally because I, you know, well, first of all, my parents have both passed. Turning 50 is a big moment. And um, that's when the idea, which is interesting because it's really come to fruition now, which is really important for people as well, is that. I had this idea four years ago for Feel Ageless, and it was about, wait a second, when I turn 50, I'm like, wait, I don't feel 50. I guess I am 50. What does that look like? What are we doing? Wait, what if we live to 100? Like, do I have the money for that? And so all of a sudden, all these thoughts are turning, but anyone who's out there that thinks you have an idea and it becomes a business overnight, that is not the way that it happens. How it happened for me was... I have been pounding the pavement. Uh, in the meantime, we decided to move across country. We decided to renovate a house. My kids had a very hard time getting settled. Um, I would say the better part of the past four years was spent on my family. Mm -hmm. So, um, but kind of jumping forward to where I am now, um, Matt and I had kept in touch, Matt Wasserloff from Blockboard. And God bless him for believing in me so much. And we started going out and we had this meeting with Henkel, which I got to give Henkel major props because we went to meet with them right before the pandemic hit, like early March. And I really thought, honestly, okay, well, I'm not, nothing's going to happen with a sponsor till the world comes back. Right. And they were the ones who saw the benefit in doing content during a pandemic. And um, Ken Krasnow and Caroline Chittenden over at Henkel saw the worth in me. And even though I have this huge history, this is a new venture. Right. And, um, and so we created this content about what it's like to be home right now. And it's on AskTeamClean.com, which is Henkel's site. Um, it will also be distributed through Blockboard and through my site, FeelAgeless.com, and my Instagram and Facebook, FeelAgeless. Um, but here's where I am now and we're producing in a pandemic. We're trying to get content out and, um, that's, that's, yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> I mean, it's an amazing story. And I want it. There's a couple really some really good nuggets of information that you put in there that I want to dig into a little bit more. We've got to take a quick sure. break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Jennifer more about her new series, how she's developed it. We're going to talk a bit about this block board company because it really is a technologically advanced platform. And um, I want to talk just a minute about some of those nuggets that she dropped in there. And I don't know if anyone even caught on to them because I'm writing down uh, furiously over here. Um, so we'll be right back. Stay with us. We'll be back with Jennifer in just a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. From face-to-face training to blended training techniques, the DOT Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The DOT Consulting, a new level of tech savvy. Visit the .consulting.co. The world needs more women with tech skills. At the Dottie Rose Foundation, we encourage, support, and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. We invite you to connect with the show today by calling in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Sharon at the.consulting.co. Now, back to Coding the Future. One thing that I want to talk about, one, the piece that you said that I thought was really, really important that I want to mention is when you decided that you wanted to do the show, you, you were fortunate you knew someone in the business, but I'm going to take it back to going to your network. Oh, so, so I, I really believe, so who's in your backyard, who's in your yep. role of next, uh-huh. okay? So you got an idea for something, right? And it ta- everything takes a village. Life takes a village, okay? Families take a village. Work takes a village. So if you have an idea of something you want to do, think about, literally go through your, you know, I mean, we don't have a real Rolodex anymore. Go through your iPhone contacts, right? And who do I know? Or wait, did their sister do something in that? Don't be afraid to reach out. People are so fearful, right? They're so fearful of calling somebody. And call them. Please call them. Please make a phone call. I beg of you, right? You know, that's it. You know, and we're always so nervous about that. You also <laughs> mentioned about, you know, if you can't get in the front door, go to the back door or go to the side door, or go through the window. And, you know, 
I've been doing a lot of coaching as I have merged from being in the world of education for as long as I have been into entrepreneurship and, and taking the skill set that I have from being an educator. But one of the pieces that I have really had to work on is how to sell myself and how to get out there and ask, just ask, you know? And so that piece of you saying you had this idea for a show, And if we can really put this in perspective, I want you guys to really think about this. This is like 10 years ago. We did not have our smartphones where you had immediate access to your camera. I mean, I, at the time, used a little flip cam, you Mm -hmm. know, you guys had to be, you had to think about buying uh, tools, digital tools in order to record. And then you, you reached out to your network. You knew somebody that worked somewhere. And I've always been a firm believer in that six degrees of separation, that even if the top of the head, you don't know somebody, you might know somebody that knows somebody. Yeah, and you know what? Everybody is, everybody is open to a conversation. And if they're not, that's okay. Okay, there's another thing too. You're going to get, you may reach out to somebody and they may not get back to you. Reach out again, reach out again. And if they don't, okay. That's their problem, their loss. Keep moving on. Keep making those phone calls. Keep reaching out. I mean, think just, I want anyone to put their, themselves in the position. If you got a phone call and somebody said, hey, like somebody calls me and it happens, right? I'm sure this happens to you. Somebody calls me and it, it happened recently with a woman who has a business here. She said, you know, I heard your name through a friend and I have this business. And I know you do content. We were at coffee within three days. You know, um, pre-COVID, by the way, <laughs> um, but, and I gave her as much information as I could. We're still in touch. Um, so I'm, I feel honored when somebody calls me to ask me for something. And if they can't give it to you, that is okay. Um, I also do, one thing that made me think about when you're talking about that too, was I also want people to know that you keep, you need to keep innovating. So when I did mom life, okay, uh, the, the model that we had, which is still very important, so I'm going to go to Blockboard. I'm going to kind of combine two things that we talked about. So Blockboard um, is founded by a guy named Matt Wasserloff, who, as I said, was the CEO of Broadband Enterprises. He had over 20 years in television distribution, and he brought it to the Internet really early. Um, he was a super early adapter and hugely successful. Now, when we did Mom Life, his distribution model was a home run in that the, the, he, what he can do is if you have a show that is for women 35 to 45 and live in these states, and if this is, he has a technology to literally isolate those people and track it and see if they click through to a site. So he has incredible technology. What we're having to do in addition to that, though, so that was really our bread and butter and what kept us going. So I had the content, he had the technology, and together we're a great team. Now, um, and the brands, by the way, do not want to forget, we can't do anything without the brands. And as I said, we have Henkel now, which we feel very fortunate, and I've worked with 48 other huge brands. But now, social media. So here's the difference. When I did Mom Life, Social media was around, but it wasn't imperative to a business. Mm-hmm. So I want anyone to know, too, here I am with a lot of success behind me. But my big stumbling block is I didn't really have a social media presence. So we're starting from scratch. And, and that is, a, it's been a little bit of a hurdle. But I just, you know what? And, and I'm really about doing it 
organically and authentically. I wasn't going to buy an audience. And I've had people try to give me that advice. Like you have to do this, that you got to grow your numbers. And I'm like, the numbers are either going to grow by what I'm doing or not. Um, they will grow because of Blockboard's ability for distribution and get people to our sites, but innovating. So innovating, whatever, whatever business you're in, you know, whatever career you do, things are changing. So it's important to keep going with it. I mean, you can't, you know, I can't be like, God rest my dad's soul, but still took the check to the bank to get it cashed. Okay. Did not like the bank card. Oh my gosh. Did not like the bank card. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were there even, like, I feel like there's not even like very many branches open now where you can even go well, They've been gone for a few years. So, but I have to tell you, but it's like, so innovate, you know, and, and, and I know it's, you know, and, and especially here's a benefit of having kids, by the way, <laughs> if you didn't know there was one. Is, is um they know technology they do they can actually help you so so um innovating and grow and and get you know getting out of your comfort zone it's hard because being a social like that whole influencer thing mm -hmm. you know i this idea of what an influencer is you know i know it's big with like the younger kids you know um but you know a lot of that has to do with like it's almost like a popularity thing. I'm hoping that in our generation and the people and the kind of content that I'm putting out, it's really more about um, a community you feel passionate about and you can actually grow from and, and become a better person from. Yes. And that's what drives us. Well, you were talking about age. I mean, I, I am 40. And so for well, me, you're a baby, darling, <laughs> <laughs> but even if, but I did not grow up in a world of social media. I didn't grow up in having influencers in my life per se. I grew up with my, you know, having people of influence from maybe TV, but you know, my community yes. is very important to me. And I very much appreciate you saying that you want it to grow authentically and not purchase your audience because that shows that you are really putting forth who you are and the content is real and your, your audience will resonate with that. And I agree that the building of a social media platform takes time and it, it happens and it builds on itself. I yeah. didn't have a huge social media presence either. And I've had, I'm slowly but surely building over time and we're, you know, getting more followers and more people to be interested in, in, in my work with the nonprofit and supporting girls in computer science and helping teachers integrate computer science. It's, but it's taking time. Yeah, it sure does. It sure does. And that's okay. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I just, I think I, I say this a lot, but you know, there's, there's this idea. You know, I tell my daughter this, for example, right? you know, I was like this too, their goals, like, you know, and she's um, suffered from, you know, depression and weight issues and stuff. And, um, you know, I've heard her say sometimes, like, when I get to this weight or something, I, you know, and that's all, by the way, that's a whole other conversation, mm. which I'm all about health and the, the number numbers mean nothing. It's about health. But, but the, the point of what I'm trying to make here is that if you're always looking at a goal that, that this is going to make once I get this, then I will be happy. Once I get X amount of followers, oh, it's all going to happen. Once I make this much money, oh, then it's all going to get easy. That is just false. It is false. It is literally about today. How do I feel today? Was I productive today? Did I feel good about myself today? Did I have a good interaction with another human being? So 
I think that, and even if you're, you know, um, an entrepreneur or, or somebody who wants to be successful, um, you know, I'm going to, what is success? I mean, for me, it's a healthy, happy family and that we can provide for our family and that I have connections in the world and I'm helping others and, and doing service. And so, you know, it, it, it's so much bigger than just success. And I think one thing, um, it's been really nice leaving Los Angeles as much as I love my friends there, you know, there's also, there's sort of an environment of such drive, you know, that everybody has succeed, succeed. And, it's, you know, just, I think every, you know, I'm, I obviously, I, you know, I'm a very introspective person and this stuff is very important to me is that what is success to you? I think each person should, I think if you actually ask yourself, what is success to you? I think more people will feel successful than they think. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about that as you were saying it, because there's a, there's so many external forces that are driven in our culture to show success. But internally, what is it that makes you happy and drives your success? And that should occur whether you're an entrepreneur, if you're in a corporate world, wherever it is that you are formulating your career or your family, it is what success looks like to you and not the judgment of the outside world because we all have such different feelings and mindsets around what makes us happy. And I, I, like, I like that you said that. That's, um, you know, I think we need to stop and think about that amongst all the other things that are going on. Yeah, and, and take time to slow down. I mean, I, you know, I'm a big believer of meditation. I'm a believer of yoga, um, I, you know, of nature. So while we're talking career, and I want to talk career, and I want to give any um, pieces of uh, wisdom that I may have over, you know, a lifetime of, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I have you know, I've worked, I've been working since I was in high school. I mean, I've had jobs and I worked right out of high school as a dancer. So I've been working for a really, really, really long time. Um, but, you know, it, that does not complete the picture for me. You know, um, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, so much deeper. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm really big about getting out in nature and I don't care where you live. There's a patch of green somewhere. <laughs> Yes, there is. Well, it's a whole person. If you're happy from the, on the inside and you're happy with who you are, then the rest of it begins to fall in place. But that's the one piece where we forget to stop and take care of. Self-care, thinking about what makes us happy, what lights us up on the inside. Me, I am definitely that person who forgets to take care of myself. And when I do remember, as I'm a completely different person. And yes. Yes, it's really, and some, and, and by the way, I'm going to go back again to the sort of the joys or the sorrows of life, go back to my Joseph Campbell a little bit, is that even if you're doing self-care, you may wake up in a really crappy mood one day, or you may feel really down, or, you know, it's, that, that's, that's all, all, all okay, but um, the reason why I create my content, and that's my business, is because I want people to know that they're not alone. I want them to get a little information and a little community and laugh. Because I don't know about you, but for me, I mean, I do have a therapist but that I see when I need. But my biggest therapy is my girlfriends. Oh, yeah. So, and to me, what I do under Feel Ageless or, um, you know, At Home with Jennifer, which is a series for AskTeamClean.com for Hankel, is that 
it's girl, it's girlfriend conversation. It's the real girlfriend conversation. So that's what, that's, that's what I'm having on my show. And I hope people come and check it out and share with me and tell me what they want to hear about. Because, um, you know, I guarantee if you're thinking about it, so are a lot of other people. So where do you see this going over the next few years? And, and you may not have an answer to that, but how do you see you, your career and this series continuing to grow and your relationship with Blockboard and his, the innovative way in which he's using data to drive decisions, which I talk about often is at the core of what we call computer science, which is the data because the entire digital world that computer science is built on is driven by numbers and information. But where do you see yourself? I really hope that my relationship and partnership with Henkel grows. I hope that other brands come on board um, and that Blockboard and I can keep distributing the show. What I really hope is that my website and social platforms become a real destination for people, for information and community. Um, That really is the absolute goal is that we create a really – connected and thriving community. And how would you give advice if someone is interested? So if you mentioned this a little bit about you have an idea and then, then what, right? Mm-hmm. What are a couple of pieces of advice that you could give to somebody if they have an idea? And, and listen, this could either be something that like you're a serial entrepreneur. I myself actually believe that I always have been I was just hidden in a different in a different way for a little while and then because I always was innovating in the classroom and doing crazy things and always asking forgiveness at the end but and and some people don't want to be entrepreneurs they may want to be entrepreneurs within their company or within their family what are some pieces of advice that you can give if you've got an idea and then you're like ugh now what? so it got an idea for starting a business or just working in any in, in general I think it'd be in general. I mean, it could be that it could be a business, but maybe it's just a, like a wild hair. Like, mm, I got this idea, but okay. mm. well, well, here's what I think. I think that if you have an idea, first of all, talk to people about it because to talk, talk, you know, whoever your favorite people are in your life say, you know what? I, can I just talk this through? It's amazing through conversation, the things you'll discover about yourself. So the first thing is don't just think it, say it. Mm. Okay. Love that. Uh, Okay. okay. Um, and then declare it. I am, I, you know, I worked with, we did um, one of Rachel Ray's viewers years ago when we wrote our book, uh, The Mothers of Reinvention, we worked with her. She, her husband had like three jobs. She wanted to have another job. And anyway, she made amazing brownies and we helped her create, actually make her like push her ahead to make a company, declare it. We said, I am uh, you know, a baker. I am, I have a business. So, so first of all, say it, have a conversation, declare it. And then uh, I guess it depends, it sort of depends what you want to do, but let, let's say, I don't know, I don't mind interior design keeps coming to my mind. Right. Let, you know, cause by, you know, let's say you're somebody who is like, I really have a knack for that. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And it, so call interior designers in your area, say, I'd love to be an assistant. I'm going to go back to no job. Job does not define you. Okay. You are who you are, no matter what your job is. I don't care if you're 24 or 54 or 64. 
There's absolutely no shame in starting something new and trying and working your way up. So let's just, I'll use an interior designer. Let's say somebody says, you know, I've been home, I've been raising kids, and I really like the way I've done my house. I wouldn't know how to get into this. Call, is anybody looking for an assistant? You know, the, the, you, you've got to get your foot in the door and learn, you know? Yes. And, and I mean, and so, and keep learning. And also set goals, though. Um, set goals that are realistic, meaning how much time do I have in the day? Um, what, um, how much money do I need to make? I mean, be realistic. You know, some people have ideas and they can't intern somewhere. They have got to put food on the table. You know, they, can, they have to make whatever that is. So, so I think that say it out loud, talk to people, work it out with people, declare it, um, look for a job in whatever field that is, um, but real, but first things, how much time do I have? How much money do I need? And then um, I'm a, I think that, you know, if you've ever read The Secret, uh, you know, sort of putting things out there, you know, manifesting things. I mean, I don't believe in just manifesting through, like, I'm going to sit here and you know what? I'm going to, you know, I don't know. Like, my show is, I have a national talk show. Oh, it happened. <laughs> so, right. so, so, but you have to do the steps to get there. But I do think, Putting goals, you know, say it, it, they may change, but putting something out, give yourself a two-year calendar and say, where do I want to be in six months, a year, year and a half, two years? So um, I would say those are some places to start. And th there's two things I really liked about what you said. I mean, the whole idea of, of your four steps here, I just wrote them down so I could read them back, but don't just think it, say it. When you say it out loud, it, sound, it, it comes out of your head and you're able to use language that's going to articulate it. And the more you say it, the better it, it gets, you know. And then declare it, which I really liked because you, if you like it and you're good at it, then declare it. You know, it's like if you are good at organizing, you are good at prepping meals. You are good at Excel. You are good at programming or digital design, yes. any of those pieces. I think that's really cool. And so I'm thinking through this a little bit as you were mentioning it, and is you're saying, don't just think it, say it, declare it. Find out some information. Start gathering information on your network of others that are doing what you want to do. Maybe take them for an inter informational interview or ask to work for them in some capacity or shadow. I think even a job shadow is always really good. And then set some goals. And I really like the plan of, I've been saying this a lot on the show about thinking about the end game or have your end in mind and whatever that end looks like and then walk backwards to how you're going to get there. And in between, have some quick wins, have some things that are going to give you some victory or give you a little uplift as you move along and celebrate those because those quick wins are what keep you going. Because one thing that I've heard you say, and I know for my own sake, is we both show up every day. We get up, we know this is something we want to do, so we show up every day and let's see where the day takes us. And I think another thing, everybody can literally take a little sticky note and stick it wherever you see every day is why not me? Love it. Why not me? Why not me? Why not? Because we can. Yeah, I mean, take those skills that you've learned over the course of your life that you've learned in school, that you've learned in a job and apply them. And, and you 
the more you apply them in new ways, the, the more you grow and you change and you grow into yourself as you age. Because just like you said, I mean, I had a little, I will say this, when I turned 30, I had a really hard time turning 30. I guess it was just that bridge from being in your 20s and young and free and I was getting married and then I had a baby and 40 was like, bring it on, you know? I mean, I was ready for 40. I just feel so much more confident in myself. And part of that is is growing and learning and changing with all the failures and successes over this past 30s decade and having two children and a marriage and working and starting two businesses and all those things. And I'm, I'm excited to see what 40 brings. And I can imagine that's the same way you feel as you hit 40 and, and then 50 and knowing you didn't feel 50 or what does 50 supposed to feel like? Well, and I think you have to embrace where you are, you know, and, and sort of going, cause you know, I really am super passionate about, um, embracing age like I, I kind of hate the you know 50 is the new 30 I like 50 is the new 50 you know I like 60 is the new 60 um, there's nothing wrong with being whatever I'm 54 and I embrace it um, and it, because by the way what's the alternative you know I just ran into it's so funny because it's a guy a friend's husband who just turned 54 this past weekend and I saw him like dog always runs over to his house and I said, I didn't know it was your birthday. He said, oh, I'm old. I looked at him and I said, you know, I'm older than you. And he goes, yeah, but you know, I, and I said, yeah, this idea of I'm old, it's, there is um, really embracing where you are. It's, it's okay. And I promise you, no matter if you're 40, I'm 54. I promise you in 10 years, you're going to look back at 40 and be like, oh, I was so young and I'll be doing the same. So you better embrace where you are now because this is the youngest you're ever going to be. <laughs> you know what? Oh, I like that. That's really, ooh. That was really good, Jennifer. I mean, fantastic. We thought about it that way. All right. And we're going to end with that because that was an amazing way to end. Well, except for, I want you to tell everybody again, I always give an action item for my audience. And the action item I have is for you to go and check out Jennifer's series because it is wonderful. I watched them all and I found them to be very endearing and I giggled and I thought to myself, yep, mm-hmm. Um, those, those things are happening in my brain too. Um, but I'm gonna let you tell listeners, where do they go again to find your show and your book? Cause you mentioned your book and I think that would be great for, um, moms of all ages. First of all, I'll just say thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed our conversation. So um, the book is called the mothers of reinvention. Okay. The show, the current partnership with Henkel and Blockboard can be seen at askteamclean.com. Okay. All of my content, askteamclean.com. All of my content is feelageless.com. And please, I would love on Instagram and Facebook for people to join me at feelageless. And I'd love to hear what everybody has to say. Fantastic. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. It's been my honor to have you. And I am hoping, I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed that you'll come back for another episode and we'll follow up on as the series continues to go, how it changes and develops. It would be my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. And thank you for joining us on Coding the Future. You can find out more about Jennifer at feelageless.com. And oh, goodness, what was the other link? askteamclean.com. I knew it. Askteamclean.com or about my work at the .consulting.co and find out more about my nonprofit at dottyrosefoundation.org. Thanks everybody and we'll see you on the next episode.
Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.